the biggest thing that that I can encourage small business owners, any business owner, is to remain calm mm-hmm. and not to bring that energy into the environment, especially in the workplace. Because if you're on the top of the ladder and you're freaking out, mm-hmm. you can only imagine what people in that environment are going to start thinking, especially with a lot of the cuts that are being made mm-hmm. in in workspaces. I think everyone is going to go into a state of questioning life. Mm-hmm. Like, what does this mean for us? Like, yeah. is there going to be an end? Is there going to be now? Are we going to be in lockdown? Just take every day as it comes and just continue to do what you do because having that calmness in the community mm-hmm. and being supportive mm-hmm. is what I think will hold us together. Hello listeners and welcome along to the Mind to Lead podcast, the podcast where leaders are made. Whether you're a CEO, manager, teacher or parent, I believe everybody can be a leader. My mission is to help my listeners understand the skills, traits and mindset of what it takes to become an exceptional leader. I'm your host, Georgie Hubbard, business owner, career and mindset coach. So if you're ready to discover the mindset it takes to lead, then this is the podcast for you. So welcome to another episode of the Mind to Lead podcast. And today I am sat with an amazing female and entrepreneur, Candice Olivia. Nice to have you here. Well, I'm here with you today at Karma Collective. Very exciting. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah. So for the audience who don't know who you are, could you give them a little bit of an overview and insight into... Uh, what you do and what's brought you to this point in your life today yeah beautiful Uh, I always have a little laugh in my head when people say could you give me an overview (laughs) and I'm like (laughs) I should be writing books by now (laughs) Um, because in my 29 years of being on this earth I have covered more than most people have Um, 13 years ago I moved to Australia from Zimbabwe Mm -hmm. as a rebel teenager (laughs) and had my rebel years um, in that I also had a huge underlying passion for success Mm -hmm. and I'll get into it later but my version of success then and what I believe success now is are two completely different things. Mm. When I first moved to Australia, I worked in hospitality because I absolutely loved people. Um, I then went on to continuing to excel in that industry by working at five-star venues, continuing to do additional training, becoming an assistant sommelier, and then moved into actually having my own cafe, mm-hmm. which lasted about 12 months. <laughs> Uh, first hustle Um, and then I decided that I would love to learn more about how to run a successful business after my first mistake Mm -hmm. um, which at that time was actually offering too much to the wrong market. Mm -hmm. Um, I moved into going to study business and through TAFE and in that journey I actually ended up becoming a teacher at TAFE Back in hospitality. (laughs) Super weird how that all worked Mm -hmm. out. Um, And then after studying business, I did event management at the same time because, hell, I had a couple of free hours in the Mm -hmm. week. Um, Started to run more events, corporate events. Again, my love of people, I cannot escape Mm it. Um, Decided to get a real job Mm -hmm. uh, in in the office corporate world. And I was very successful in securing a job in a debt collection office. Now, I love the way you look at me because when I actually interviewed... I go from that to that. That's quite... That's that's interesting. Yeah. So in my head, I was like, I need to get an office job. I need to learn like office things. Mm -hmm. And I applied for this position in a debt collection firm and I didn't even know what it was. Mm. Wow. Yeah, right. (laughs) The ad clearly just said needed to be a good person, Mm -hmm. have you know, good morals, work Mm -hmm. hard, Mm -hmm. you know, have a good work ethic and know how to use a couple of like computer programs Mm -hmm. that were listed. And they're fairly simple at that stage. It was sort of like 10 years ago. So it was like Word, Excel. And I was like, yeah, I could do that. Um, But they actually meant like you need to know how to use the whole program, (laughs) not just (laughs) type words and extend some of the cells and put colors on. 
Um, in the interview, it was only about half an hour before the gentleman said to me, like, listen, I can't hire you. You actually don't have the skills required. And I was like, yeah, okay. Um, in the back of my head, I was like thinking, I've been on the train for an hour and a half to get here. Um, kind of, you need to get a job. Like this is, you're not leaving without a job. So I asked the guy what he was actually looking for and was there an opportunity for me to learn or maybe I could be mentored by someone mm. in the business and not get paid or just be paid like a minimal fee or come in once or twice a week. And I was pretty persistent that I was not leaving that <laughs> office without getting a job <laughs> in that, that company. Um, and he said, listen, I'll give you a call back later and we'll see how it goes. Um, long story short is I ended up securing uh, a job in that, in that uh, firm and went on to starting six more offices around Australia for them. Wow. Got heavily invested mm -hmm. in the debt collection industry, um, pursued a more education in it. So I'm a licensed mercantile agent as well as a private investigator. Wow. Surprise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Surprise considering today we're sitting in the podcasting studio of yeah. my co-working yeah. space, creative co-working mm -hmm. space. Um, and I pursued that corporate career for about 11 years, um, moving from Australia to the UK to work in one of their largest companies, then moving to New Zealand to head a team. And at any one time, I was looking after 500 staff. Wow. Handling collections for large military companies. Mm. So it was really... Um, it was a really interesting time for me because as a young female, young entrepreneur at that mm -hmm. time, um, I was putting myself on the front line, mm -hmm. not being very aware of what was actually going on in mm -hmm. myself. Mm -hmm. And the path of success for me at that time was to climb the corporate ladder and be at the top. And from there, I did, did all of that, had an awakening, which we can go into a little bit mm -hmm. later. Mm -hmm. And decided to open a community space, which is where we are today. So Karma Cola Pub is a creative co-working space that welcomes entrepreneurs and people in any stage of hustle to come and be a part of a community where we offer events and workshops to better educate them and provide a lot of free education, uh, depending on where they are in their business. Uh, we're not an incubator or offer accelerated programs. However, we do work with organisations that do. So... It sort of took me on a different path, uh, leaving the corporate world where I started the creative co-working space and really loved the idea of positive impact. Mm -hmm. And I've now stepped into creating more positive social impact, working with corporate companies and having a look at even how startups can introduce um, a responsibility, a social responsibility into their business model. Mm -hmm. So... That's kind of where wow. I'm at now with a, a number of different mm -hmm. projects on the go. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> um, so it was a journey for me at the beginning of this year to start a, start a personal brand, which is really just an umbrella, mm -hmm. which I know will grow into something mm -hmm. really amazing because especially with what's going on now, we mm -hmm. really need to be mindful of community. Yeah, absolutely. Wow, what what an incredible story. So, um, so you let's sort of go back to... Um, when you were sort of working for the, the debt collection company and you were like for 11 years, that's a long, long time. So you, you mentioned you had, you had an awakening. So I'd love to, yeah, I'd love to know more about what happened and why all of a sudden you stepped away from that after 11 years. <clears throat> yeah, it's, it was for lots of different reasons. There was a, there was a point of time where I looked at the individuals that I was surrounded by. And although there were a lot of go-getters and like-minded business owners, we were all in it for the hustle for success. Mm -hmm. And the success at that time was ego. Wow. Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking to myself, I've come from a third world country. I've always, always wanted to be successful coming from a very poor household mm -hmm. that this is not what I imagined. Mm. Yes, there was this fairy tale of like, you know, meeting the perfect person and having a house and, you know, the dream life. But actually I wanted to be happy. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be happier and I wanted to be able to have enough funds to support that happiness no matter what it meant. And also for me to be able to be in a position where I could financially support my family who live in the third world country in Zimbabwe when they need it. Mm -hmm. And throughout the hustle, you know, 
when I had the cafe, I was still working in debt collection as well. I was always doing two or three projects at the same time. I've never been someone that's just had one job. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I, I, I would love to be that person sometimes, um, but it's just it's just not me. So, mm-hmm. you know, I've been in a position where I was just boosting my own ego. You know, I worked in declaration on the front line, meaning that it was me that was knocking on people's doors. It was me taking wow. people's homes, businesses and cars. And I used to get a thrill from it. Mm. Um, a few years before I decided to close that business, so I closed it at the end of financial year last year and now just do consulting in cash flow mm-hmm. areas is that I started to really become lenient as a person. In declaration, you need to be very assertive and I started working towards what is the best possible solution for the individual on the other side and not my client? Because I realized how like how damaging it was in a business on both sides to be in a position where I was the mediator um, or, you know, I was the repo chick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, that a lot of the financial strain that the individuals were, were in was was never expected they they never made enough bad decisions in their business to put them in that and it was an external um reason for why it had happened and there wasn't enough support around it Mm -hmm. you know the government doesn't come into play with it like listen i'm really sorry that you've had a death in your family i'm really Mm -hmm. sorry that there's been a family breakdown um and life goes on hold and it's the emotional wellness Mm -hmm. in situations like that that I was finding it really hard to to handle Mm -hmm. because, yes, they did have a debt to repay, absolutely Mm -hmm. fine, but we've all been through unforeseen personal circumstances where your brain is just fried. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, the last thing you want to do is is show up every single day and there Mm -hmm. needs to be a little bit more support. Mm -hmm. And that business industry offers none whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. So I woke up one day and I was like, do I really want to do this for the rest of my life? Mm I love the business model and I love the industry and I would love to change it and I have great intentions of continuing to do that probably in another two or three years once I've got the business model down. Um, but I was like, this is not me. This is not serving me as a person and what I love is I love people mm-hmm. and I love bringing joy and happiness mm-hmm. to people. Mm-hmm. So I purely I said to my business partner at the time, this is not like this is not working the business had grown massively so it was a bit of a shock for him Mm -hmm. to be able to sort of digest Mm -hmm. and he was like no no the business is like thriving we need to keep this going like Mm -hmm. and I was like why Mm -hmm. and it came down to like revenue it came down to money it came out of profits and I was like yeah but what good are we doing yeah like what impact are we creating Mm -hmm. for our community and you know for anyone else Mm -hmm. other than our client who obviously you know there's a transaction there Mm. it has to be fulfilled that's absolutely fine but like what else are we doing as a company we were doing Mm. nothing Mm. like nothing at least in the company when I first started they were you know funding two children through world vision also questionable whether they actually know the names of those children but (laughs) there was no real impact yeah and I just sat back and I was like I what I've always wanted to do was create impact yeah it, I and that just, was success for yeah. me. Like success yeah. for me was being able to create impact yeah. in a positive way yeah. that ideally had a ripple effect, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean to say that you can't grow a business and you know generate a, a healthy profit, mm-hmm. but give back. Yeah, we're so privileged here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I totally agree with you. I think that there is just so many, you know, businesses out there that you know just do focus on the bottom line and. You know, we're we're in a very interesting time right now where I think, you know, it's easy to look at the bottom line and look at people as numbers and go, get rid of that person, get rid of that person, save money there, save money here. But I think actually it's it's times like this that we all need to rally together and support one another. And I I find that you 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 fascinating and amazing because obviously you you woke up and you realized this this job, this business I have doesn't align with my values because you, you seem to love people so much. And then you are going in and you're, you know, getting a thrill out of like, you know, knocking on the door and saying, oh, I'm here to take all your stuff and that. <laughs> but, but deep down that must have like con- continued to just eat away at your soul. You know? 100%. And, I yeah. think I was just suppressing. Yeah. It was this uh, war between be a successful yeah. female entrepreneur mm-hmm. and I was so good at what I did. Mm-hmm. And 
you know, I think that when you start a business to get those dream clients, Mm -hmm. for a lot of people, it takes years. Mm -hmm. I was very successful in being able to have a really good reputation in the industry that I was just approaching businesses, being Mm -hmm. very assertive in myself, going, you will give me an opportunity Mm -hmm. to show you that I can do what I say I'm going to do because that's the kind of person I am and I Mm -hmm. always dedicate 100% Mm -hmm. that they ended up giving me work and then the business continued to grow and at times I remember working like three days, like almost 24 hours going, I don't have enough staff for all these big these clients yeah. that I'm taking on and I didn't have enough time to train them and it just kind of snowballed. Mm. And it was that it was in that moment where I was like, okay, am I scaling this business now to make profit? And I'm, am, I, am I aggressive in my sales approach to just keep getting more clients and bigger clients and more sort of bottom line for myself? which I, essentially I was giving back. I was just giving it away mm-hmm. as an individual, not as a business, because I was supporting my family. And I was like, if I could just create a business model that allowed me to not only support my family who struggle in a third world country, but other families that struggle mm-hmm. and continue to have that drive of success, mm-hmm. it would motivate me more. Mm-hmm. It just, in that business model, mm-hmm. it wouldn't have been received very well. Mm-hmm. Where does that hunger come from? The hunger for success? Yeah, just that real, like, I will succeed, I will do this, I'm capable, like, you, you've achieved so much, you know, so young. Like, what, where do you think that hunger, like, so you either have that or you don't, and I can see it just shines through you. Like, where, where do you think that came from? My hunger 100% is from my upbringing. Mm-hmm. So I was brought up by a single mum with five kids, <clears throat> and when I was 14, um, I remember my mum having a conversation with me, basically saying, you're the smartest one, you'll survive, <laughs> and I can't afford to have you in, at school anymore. Wow. So essentially I left school when I was 14. It's the reason why when I started, when I moved to Australia and got a, a job in hospitality, and obviously on these topics there's a whole story that go with it, but I had mm-hmm. actually approached my employer at the time saying, I really want to go back and study. And he put me through my first course and then he used to take the money out of my wages. <laughs> um, but I had to do a bridging course yeah. first because I hadn't had, I didn't have enough points, yeah. um, which I wasn't even aware of at that time. I was like, I had already researched. I was like, I'm yeah. going, I was telling everyone, like, I'm going to college, I'm going to do this. And then it was like, actually, you don't have enough points. Like, yeah. you didn't finish your education. And I was like, wow, yeah. I was like, I'm working like a real adult, mm-hmm. just to let you know. <laughs> like, um, but... For me, it was the fact that, one, my mum believed in me and, you know, bless her, she she had done everything that she possibly could. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it took me a, a good solid 10 years as well to realise mm-hmm. and not have any resentment of, mm-hmm. why did you do that? Like, I would have loved to be one of these kids that grew up in a community where mm-hmm. you go to primary school together, you go to high school together, then you go to uni and, like, it's, mm-hmm. it's all happy days. So mm-hmm. my hunger has come from the fact that I, one, grew up in that environment Two, when I moved to Australia I could see the opportunities Mm -hmm. and it's so easy to take a risk here Mm. I created a business in an hour Mm -hmm. it didn't last very long it lasted (laughs) like nine months (laughs) Um, but it was because I didn't actually have the passion anymore for that business Mm -hmm. but that's how easy it was yeah yeah like literally in an hour I had a logo business name registered website the whole thing was done yeah it's crazy isn't it we, we do really live in the best time of history, I think, in terms of starting a business online. It is, like you say, you can get a website, you can get a business card, you can jump onto Wix or WordPress, you know, Canva, design all your designs. Like, there's, it's so easy these days. Like, just start, just begin. I think that's such a powerful message that you just, you know, just said that's there. The, that's the hunger. If you, have, if you have any desire inside of you mm-hmm. to start something or do something for yourself that's going to empower you as an individual, mm-hmm. regardless of your circumstances and your upbringing, mm-hmm. because two people can be brought up the same way mm-hmm. and have very different outcomes in life. Okay. I know a lot of people that have been in positions worse than myself that have either exceeded life, mm-hmm. right, and they've just gone... 100% full steam mm-hmm. ahead and others that have just kind of taken the path of, of pity which is a cycle mm-hmm. uh, which I completely I completely understand and I would like mm-hmm. to acknowledge because it, it can it can be very difficult mm-hmm. and you know I've gone through my stages of depression and, and burnout 
um, because I've pushed myself so hard. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I had never done that, mm-hmm. I would have never got to where I am. It's yeah. all just a learning experience. It's a journey, isn't it? And look, you just touched on something really important there. And if you don't mind, I'd like to sort of touch upon that a bit more. So you mentioned that, you know, you got, you know, depressed and burnt, burnt out. So did you, like, leading up to feeling that way, were there signs or what was sort of going on in your life at the time? 100% there were signs, mm-hmm. but I was ignorant. Yeah. It's happened to me three times mm-hmm. by 29. It's wow. not impressive. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but it's, but it's, it's but not, you've it's not impressive. It and you're, you know, you're, you obviously... It's taken three times for me to be very aware. Right. Um, because I think as entrepreneurs and as business owners... And to be honest, even uh, being someone who is employed but is is giving 100% every single day, you get to this stage where you're like, I'm going to keep giving. I'm going to keep getting better. I'm going to keep getting better. That may be the thirst to get higher up on the ladder. Mm-hmm. Um, it may be just as an individual because you want to give 100% and you want to excel in everything you do. You have to be very careful with regards to that entire journey because at the end of the day, we're here for a certain period of time, which is undetermined, mm-hmm. and it's a game we get to play. Yeah, We get to make those choices of I'm going to give 100% every day or I'm going to give 100% every day that I feel I can give 100% and when I feel like I'm emotionally not available for 100%, honour that. Mm-hmm. And be very vocal and communicate. Mm-hmm. That was one of my biggest lessons is that both in my personal life and professional life, when I wasn't feeling okay, I would literally call someone and say, listen, I, you know, the meeting we had today at nine o'clock, I'm really just not feeling, I'm not feeling myself. I'm not feeling a hundred percent. Do you mind if we reschedule? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> there needs to be more of a focus on mental well-being and have it transparent mm-hmm. with just general people. Yeah, it's okay to tell someone, "Hey, I'm not feeling so well today. Mm-hmm. Can we do it another time?" Mm-hmm. Or, "Hey, I'm not feeling so well today. Can we have a conversation?" Mm-hmm. Just ask. Yeah, because you you don't even know what the other person's thinking. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're having a hard day. Yeah, you know, having this space has also taught me a lot um, as a sort of co-working hub, where I've I've taken people for to grab coffee and walk around the block, and both ended up in bloody tears because. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. They've been going through stuff and then I'm like, yeah. I, I feel I feel yeah. it. Yeah. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. And I walk into the space and I completely acknowledge the fact that I've allowed myself to be vulnerable mm-hmm. as a business owner and as a leader. Mm-hmm. And you don't always have to be mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. It's okay not to be okay. Yeah, yeah. I, and I, I totally agree with everything you just said there. I think, you know, we live in a world now where you were just constantly exposed to people's showreels, you know, on on social media. And it's like, actually, it's the people that come out and say, I'm, I'm really struggling today and, you know, well, this just happened. And, you know, I, I think that, that that authenticity is needed more now than ever. And also the open dialogue about it's okay if you are going through something to speak up. There, there shouldn't be a stigma. And I don't know how if you feel the same way, but I feel like when it comes to entrepreneurship, entrepreneurship and owning a business, it's that whole like, oh, it's really cool. And, you know, it's like that hustle, hustle, hustle. But you can only go... You can only live like that for a certain amount of time. You have to have wellness strategies in place. So I'd love to know what you do now to avoid going down the the route of burnout. And, and, you know, do you have any routines or habits that you do regularly to sort of stop you from burning out and just just balance you out a little bit more? Yeah, I think the the usual response in this is the whole have uh, mindfulness, Mm -hmm. practice gratitude, Mm -hmm. You know, do exercise, eat well, drink lots of water, mm-hmm. drink lots of wine. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> um, there is that regime. 100% yeah. there is that regime. But for me, the biggest thing is to be transparent and, and open communication. Mm-hmm. You know, if you, especially an entrepreneur, I remember walking into a meeting and it was on the 21st floor in Sydney to this massive um, boardroom full of CEOs of companies and I was there as like a 25-year-old female who was going to present them with cash flow strategy, right? Mm -hmm. And that day I had taken me like 45 minutes longer to get ready because I had no idea what I was supposed to wear (laughs) to this thing. I didn't want to look like a kid. I wanted Mm -hmm. to look like a real woman. Mm -hmm. And But at the same time I was like I need to acknowledge that fact that you know, I need to be empowering. Mm. And the whole morning was just a mess. Mm. And I walked into that room and I was like, I, I, just, I just can't do this. I just, I cannot do this. Like, 
what I wanted to present was a thousand piece puzzle in my head because mm-hmm. I was not all together. Mm-hmm. So I walked into the room. I said, can you just give me five minutes to collect my thoughts? Because one, I had no idea what to wear because I wanted to impress you guys. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, it's going to be me. And you're probably going to see me a thousand more times because I would like you to work with me. And it's not always going to be this pretty. <laughs> Two, I also had to have breakfast on the way here mm-hmm. and I'm wearing half of it. <laughs> right? And I was just real. Yeah. And they laughed. Mm-hmm. And it just broke the ice. Yeah. And I just had this like realization where I was like, I don't know the people that were in that room and I have no idea what they struggled through this morning, whether that was trying to get Mm -hmm. their kids to eat breakfast and get to school on time. Mm -hmm. Maybe they couldn't find one of their shoes. Like, Mm -hmm. we're all people at the end of the day. And as soon as you accept that Mm -hmm. into your well-being regime, it's just Mm -hmm. understand that you are a human Mm -hmm. and you make mistakes and you're not always going to be perfect and you don't always need to be perfect. And, Mm -hmm. God, what the hell is perfect? (laughs) What is it anyway? And just have that understanding of other individuals because it allows you to it allows you to work and operate from mm-hmm. a space of just being grounded. Yeah. So yes, have the right uh, mm-hmm. routines in place with mm-hmm. regards to mindfulness and meditation. Mm-hmm. But you know, to be honest, when I first started my business, I was like, I don't have time to do that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have time. That was my mindset yeah. when I first started. You know, it does take time mm-hmm. for you to realize what's gonna work for you. Mm-hmm. For me, to-do lists, 100%. Mm-hmm. I have at any one time about five projects, six projects now, mm-hmm. and I have a to-do, to-do list for every single one. Mm-hmm. That keeps me sane. Mm-hmm. It then allows me to have a little bit more additional time throughout the day to go, I'm just going to sit and read one chapter of a book. Yeah. Right? I think a lot of this push around being mindful and you know going to yoga and doing mm-hmm. Pilates and mm-hmm. doing all these things, it's great. We do need to implement them, mm-hmm. but I think as individuals we need to do them in a time that we decide mm-hmm. because in that early stage, if you don't allow yourself to make those decisions without that noise, basically implementing it on your own life, mm-hmm. it creates more stress. I agree. Because like, yeah. I, I should have gone to the gym. Mm-hmm. Gary Vee said you have to go mm-hmm. to the gym in the morning. Mm-hmm. Tony Robbins said you need mm-hmm. to do mindfulness. Yeah. This person said this. You're like, I don't have time to do mm-hmm. these six activities in mm-hmm. one day. Mm-hmm. Like this just, I don't have, I don't have the time for mm-hmm. it, which again can be used as an excuse. So just be mm-hmm. mindful that you're saying I don't have time mm-hmm. um, out of like laziness because mm-hmm. sometimes I do that. <laughs> Um, but then, you know, when I w- became aware of that, I, I got accountability buddies. Mm. So even in my co-working space this week, actually, I made a new gym buddy because I've just been going to the gym to sit in the sauna because I just wanted to be surrounded by no people. Yeah. Right? And that is not due to the current circumstances yeah. of what's going on in the world. It's just because I needed silence. Yeah. And I could meditate. They see that was mm. my multitasking. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm brilliant. really good yeah. at that. So I was yeah. like, hang on, yeah. I can work this out. But I made the decision mm. to ask someone to say, hey... I realized that throughout the last couple of weeks, I've been making this excuse that I don't have time and I've been like procrastinating Mm -hmm. because there's lots of these little things I would love to be doing. Mm -hmm. But right now what I actually need to do is I need to be in a space where one, I'm devoting time to myself. Mm -hmm. I'm also spending time with someone I love because I love people. Mm -hmm. So I could do, you know, an activity with her. Mm -hmm. Uh, Will you please come to the gym with me? (laughs) She was like, yeah, I would love that because... We know in those types of activities that there's not a lot of verbal communication. Mm-hmm. It is just there for accountability. Yeah. And I'm making those choices and not mm-hmm. being um, sort of navigated by the outside world of what mm-hmm. the things I should be doing. Mm-hmm. Diet is super important. But again, you know what you eat. You know mm-hmm. what you shouldn't be eating. Mm-hmm. Make better decisions. Yeah. Right? If you're going to have wine, don't have pretzels with it. Have carrot sticks. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. have one or the other. Yeah. Like, if you're going to be drinking beers, don't have potato chips. Yeah. Like, just have, you know, yeah. keep, it's I'm balance. very real yeah. in that. It's balance, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, don't torment yourself for, like, slipping up sometimes. Mm-hmm. Be real. That yeah. is my advice mm-hmm. around the whole, mm-hmm. like, well-being practice mm-hmm. is just honor yourself mm-hmm. um, and laugh. Yeah. Please laugh. Yeah. Like people need to laugh at like stupid stuff. Yeah. I, Be a kid. I agree. Be yeah. a kid. And th- the thing is for certain individuals like myself it took years for me to like release my inner child because I was so driven to succeed mm-hmm. uh, and I lost my like childhood mm-hmm. through my upbringing that I was kind of lost. I was like, I, I don't know how to have fun. Like how do people have fun? Mm-hmm. Right. 
And usually they do it through passions and like work. Was, I was like, I love working. Working for me is fun. Like I love doing these things. But I mean fun as in belly laugh, as in releasing the inner child. Yeah. And if you struggle to do that, spend time with kids, right? <laughs> do coloring in. Like just do kid things, yeah. right? And that actually allows us to be in a different state of mind, mm. which in itself for me is a meditation. Yeah. It's being present, isn't it? It's being present mm-hmm. and the outside world isn't having its influence on you. Mm-hmm. And you just get to be you and you get to discover that, hey, I can actually draw a stick man. Yeah. <laughs> I love coloring it. <laughs> um, for me personally, one of our, our passions which we've brought into this space is that I have a sickly desire for ceramics. I love handmade things. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, my, my house is kind of ceramic out. <laughs> so I brought the studio here. Um, is just make things, do things, yeah. be creative. Mm-hmm. We are creative every single day. People don't give themselves enough credit mm-hmm. for being creative. We're creative in how we're going to market this business. How are we going to do this podcast? What is it going to look like? Yeah. Acknowledge that that is the creative brain working. Yeah, and explore ideas. It doesn't matter how stupid they are. Yeah. Like, you can make it work. Yeah, just go for it. Just, just begin. Just yeah. do it. Yeah. Just I do it. love that. I once had a dance party in this space <laughs> and it was amazing. It was just me because <laughs> no one else wanted to join. But I was like, I feel like right now yeah, just dancing. I am so. drowning in overwhelm mm. that I just, like, I just need to do something. Just release. Right? And mm. I couldn't go to the gym or, mm. you know, sit down for half an hour and do mm. a meditation. Mm. I just wanted to dance. Mm-hmm. So I did. Yeah. Right? I love it. And now we have them on a regular basis and yeah. sometimes people join in and sometimes people just... yeah. They just laugh. And I'm like, that's okay. Because for me, I'm getting it. I'm doing what I need to do. And I'm providing a laugh. Yeah, absolutely. So. I love how real you just were then. And I just think that it's, you know, it's finding out what works for you. And I think you actually, like, you have all these wellness practices in place that actually cause you more anxiety. Because you're like, I haven't meditated today. And I haven't gone done to do my yoga class. And I, oh, I haven't done my journaling today. And all of a sudden, you just feel really anxious. You know, hang on a minute. These are the things put in place to make you feel less anxious. So it's just finding out what works for you and you know just apply them into your own life so I just I love the fact that you were just so real and just like look at the end of the day you're a human being you're gonna make mistakes you know life throws you curveballs all the time like the current climate that we're in now and I'd love to talk to you a little bit more about that as well but thank you just for being so honest and real with it because I just think that's what people need to hear more honesty yeah thanks and you know again on that if it is your routine Mm. that you've always been someone Mm. that has gone to the gym or you've someone that's always gone to your classes and you start to see yourself pulling back from that be mindful because that is a different type of cycle Mm. it's if you're not one of these individuals that's had a regime in place Mm. and the outside noise saying you should do it Mm. you don't have to do it right allow yourself to fall into that and Mm do different things yeah you know like i've pushed myself sometimes i know i haven't been to the gym in two weeks and i'm like oh look there is a an aesthetic dance thing going on i'm gonna try and do that or hey there's like hot pilates like and someone says like do you want to try yeah Yeah. okay cool do new things right that is also part of allowing yourself time Mm. but if you are someone that you know wakes up at 4 a.m or 5 a.m yeah those people (laughs) then goes to the gym (laughs) and you start not going Mm then just be mindful. Yeah, that's that's really good advice. I really, really like that. Um, let's talk about your current business then. So um, Karma... Colapub. Karma... Colapub. Colapub. Amazing. So that is a co-working space. And when did you start that? So we have been open uh, almost a year and a half. Mm-hmm. It was something I <laughs> dreamed up. Um <laughs> And this will be the truth, right? If we're going to keep it raw, I'll tell mm-hmm. you the truth. I had my corporate business. We were expanding. I was in this position where I was like, it's getting a bit weird now that all these guys are coming to my apartment to pick up documents and they were my they were my agents, my staff. Um, I really need to get an office right now because <laughs> this is not looking good for me as a business owner having about 12 different people come up to my apartment every mm-hmm. single day, right? Mm-hmm. That was my office the kitchen table (laughs) (laughs) and I moved into a service office and I just thought why am I doing this this is not me 
right? Mm-hmm. I get to be my own business owner and I get to work from where I want. Mm-hmm. It's not as it, as flexible as the digital nomad, but I get to be in an environment that serves me. Mm-hmm. And um, as a lot of us do, especially females, scrolling on Pinterest, and mm-hmm. I was like, I've always loved this idea of having a loft style office. Mm-hmm. Most, most of them are in New York, I've realized now, mm-hmm. or in Melbourne. And <laughs> I just, I've, I've always had a love for, for interior design. So... I just went on the hunt and I was like, I'm going to convert a mechanics workshop into my office. Amazing. And I'm going to be like a little bit edgy. It's going to serve me as an individual. I get to do like this creative project. Mm-hmm. Um, and I get to support the individuals that work for me in also having an environment that keeps them sane is a little bit different and feels mm-hmm. like home, mm-hmm. right? Um, kind of didn't play out like that I came across an ad for a brake lease on a warehouse which is where we are today and on it was about a week later I was on the phone to one of my clients and I kind of just pitched the idea to him and I said listen what is it like having a warehouse on the Gold Coast like what are the conditions around it I was still fairly new and he was a builder and um he asked what I wanted to do with it he kind of didn't grasp the idea but in conversation basically said that, hey, if it's going to be vacant during the weekend, I would love to come and have a look at it because I don't have the space to do projects I want to work on. Mm -hmm. And in my head, I was like, great, Mm -hmm. I can rent out the space to him. Mm -hmm. And through building my business, I was co-working with other entrepreneurs at different cafes and different environments. And I was like, I'm going to open my office, guys. You can just come work from where I'm working from. And it was actually funny because I had no idea about co-working spaces. I was I was in this mindset that I had created this concept. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was me. Like, I was like, I'm going to convert this warehouse. There's going to be other businesses in there. We're all going to play a part. And it was never designed as a business, as I said. Mm-hmm. Like, it was people coming together to have mm-hmm. to form this community, to have a fun place to work from that felt like home. Mm-hmm. Uh, newsflash to me, uh, co-working has been around for a long time. <laughs> Uh, even in these types of environments, but not as um, not as big on the Gold Coast. Mm-hmm. So I went back to the individual that I was speaking to, who's now my business partner, pitched it. Um, he agreed to come in as a silent investor um, on the idea because this space that we were in is three times as big as mm-hmm. I had anticipated to do. But when I brought him to the space, we both just were like, yes, mm-hmm. like, Yes, mm-hmm. it's too big. Mm-hmm. Yes, we want it. Mm-hmm. And then he turned to me and he said, okay, it's your job to fill it. And that was um, our arrangement inside in the space. And I remember walking in and it was from floor to ceiling full of boxes. It was a skincare manufacturing um, place before. And I walked out, looked back into the space with the roller door up and I could see it. Mm-hmm. I just, I'm, I'm a very visual person. Mm-hmm. But I just remember closing my eyes and just knowing exactly where everything was going to be. Amazing. And then it didn't work out anything like that. <laughs> and no, I'm lying. It, it, it roughly did uh, with a few tweaks here and there. But the idea continued to develop. Mm-hmm. So it went from just a co-working space where people were going to, to be working mm-hmm. to a place that we could support them and to build and create tribe and community, mm-hmm. um, a place where people could present their ideas and pitch to one another, mm-hmm. a place where <clears throat> it would hold you accountable if you wanted, if you wanted that, um, a place where you could meet clients and have um, meetings and, and do podcasts and, and run workshops and present your ideas to mm-hmm. a few more people than just the dog and, mm-hmm. you know, your best mate. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it again, it just continued to grow. Every time someone asked us, hey, would you do this? We took into consideration what it, what it was. Would it serve us? Would it serve the community? Mm-hmm. And what value mm-hmm. would it give to them? Mm-hmm what value could we give to them as a space? So, you know, for example, with all of our workshops and events that we run now, we put them onto all of our social media platforms. We put them onto our website. We created a meetup group. So not only are they marketing their Mm -hmm. idea, we're marketing for them as well to our community just to help them out. Mm -hmm. And we don't, like, we don't charge them any Mm -hmm. additional things. Um, In that, uh, a personal thing for me was taking a, quite a heavy eco-conscious approach on the business. Mm. So again, when we started it, it all kind of just developed, 
right? We only had one printer in the place. And I was like, wow, there's like 30 people in here and we have one printer. Imagine all those home offices mm-hmm. where they have a printer but it has no ink mm-hmm. or there's no paper. Like they didn't even need to buy one. Mm-hmm. Again, so it's reducing footprint. Mm-hmm. And then having a look at the way that we could recycle. So we are pretty big on recycling here, mm-hmm. although we are not going to be breathing down your shoulder every single time you're trying to throw something away we do look after it in the back end but we do provide some education to people that are in the space so we break down waste here to composting and to soft plastics um, as well as your general um, recycling and paper waste but it's really interesting to see people work in an environment where they have to consider when they print if they're going to reuse the document and when that they where it goes yeah it's being a bit more mindful, isn't it, about the environment and things like that as well, which is obviously a hot topic right now as well. So, I think it's always a hot topic and mm. I think it's it's going to continue. Yeah. For us as, as a business, mm. it's not being the type of establishment or individuals that are going to be, as I said, breathing down your shoulder about it, mm. but providing education and allowing you to make those decisions. Mm. Um, you know, we, we've even come to a deal with a cafe that's, 100 meters down the road from from our space that if people don't have a keep cup that they can come in and bring a mug to the cafe Amazing. and get their coffee in a mug mm-hmm. for the normal standard mm-hmm. fee mm-hmm. um so that they are not getting um takeaway cups mm-hmm. you know it sounds funny but it actually is saving the other cafe as well because yeah. they're not having to order as much as well yeah. so even by doing that we're yeah. helping them make an impact yeah. Yeah, and it's just that. tiny little mm-hmm. impacts. Yeah, but it all adds up, right? And I think that's that's the main thing. I think if everyone could just make tiny little improvements in their life, it would have a huge impact on the world. Um, look, I'd love to talk to you about you know obviously we're we're living through quite a very unique situation in the world at the moment, and uh, there's a lot of fear going around at the moment. And you know, from one business owner to another business owner, you know what. Um, especially running a co-working space you know where you're seeing a lot of business owners day to day like what what are you noticing like what sort of what are you doing in terms of like making sure that you know um your space is looked after and any advice that you give to other to business owners right now in this uncertain time that we're living through with everything that's going on yeah i think the the i think the big question for people is that It is an uncertain time, but how long is it going to last? Mm. And I think that's where the fear is. Mm -hmm. I think the day-to-day is the the emotion around that is confusion Mm -hmm. because there's a lot of um, conspiracies around. There's Mm -hmm. a lot of people voicing their opinion. There's a lot of people being very loud Mm -hmm. and being uneducated and and making statements. So we're in a state of confusion, especially as small business owners. Um, The fear is long term Mm. for us um as an environment that welcomes the public in every single day we have taken precautions um getting this getting the space disinfected and you know offering wipes and hand sanitizers Mm. and all those sorts of things however as a business to be brutally honest it's what we do all the time Mm. right so we already have those precautions in place Mm. so i think from a business perspective what we're doing is just making it a little bit more visual for people to give them that peace of mind. But we're not in a state of panic. Yes, we mm-hmm. have seen um, a lot of people uh, drop off with regards to coming into the space on a daily basis to utilise our services. Um, and, you know, we, we respect their decisions in doing that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, it's not jumping to a conclusion saying, hey, you're one of those, mm. um, which I don't really know what that means because we're all one of those. We've all mm. got our opinion around mm. what's going on. Um, but also taking into consideration that maybe they do look after the elderly or young kids so that mm. they are just taking their own precaution and that's yeah. absolutely fine. From our approaches that we're supporting people in their decision, mm-hmm. we will continue to stay open until we're forced to close mm-hmm. and still host gatherings and mm-hmm. uh, events and workshops for under 100 people. That's our limit. Mm-hmm. To be honest, most of ours are anyway. So again, not a lot of change. What I am seeing though is a lot of people that had intended to host workshops and events um, postpone them mm-hmm. or, or have them cancelled completely because of a lack of attendance. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, it's easy just to say, oh, that's absolutely fine. As a business, we'll pick up that that work at a later date. Maybe we won't. Maybe we should be more fear-based, right? Mm-hmm. That's what everyone's asking. Maybe I should be not as ignorant. Mm-hmm. I think at the end of the day that if you are running mm-hmm. a small business, you have to continue. Yeah. 
and you have to keep supporting the community. So some part of me <laughs> has wanted to respond to every single person that has like cancelled an event or a workshop and been like, hey, have you thought about all the other people that this is going to affect? Yes. Not as a venue. You know, mm-hmm. and, and how does that, how can I get that, how can I get that across mm-hmm. without sounding like a dick? Yeah. And being like, hey, mm-hmm. think about the other people mm-hmm. as a venue. Um, you know, I'm, we're in a very fortunate position where both my business partner and I have other businesses that will mm-hmm. continue to, to thrive. Mm-hmm. Um, so for us, it's not a, a financial strain mm-hmm. as a business, but it's the strain on the other individuals. Yeah. And, you know, through events that we intended to host, especially in my space, so I do a lot of work, um, not only in this environment, but other projects I work on that are around social enterprise style businesses. Um, they are being affected. Uh, volunteer groups that I lead are also being affected. Mm-hmm. Um, not because they're not being able to offer the support to the individuals that need it, but they were also supporting local musicians that had banked on the money. They were supporting local food trucks who had banked mm-hmm. on the money. They were supporting coffee vans mm-hmm. that was that were you know looking forward to, obviously being a part of these environments that would bring brand awareness for them as small mm-hmm. business because that's a big thing as well is that not only are they having a loss of revenue but that traction as a small business getting your business to be in a position to be seen mm-hmm. is kind of now just at a halt because no mm-hmm. one's seeing anything mm-hmm. and I think we need to as leaders continue to support small business and support the community and mm-hmm. and small businesses yes they do need to innovate to be able to to thrive in this time but also just be very mindful that you're not leveraging off the current situation because mm-hmm. I don't feel that is a way to to scale the business or to grow the business in this current time. Um, I think that it's staying genuine to your morals and, and values Mm -hmm. and proceeding as normal. Um, one thing in particular I've seen, uh, is that a lot of people that run online courses or business coaching have now completely shifted the strategy to like, how will be, how will your business survive during this time? Mm -hmm. I've seen about 30 in the last 48 hours. Mm -hmm. How about just growing your business? Yeah. Like, why do we need to now leverage mm-hmm. off what's going on? And mm-hmm. I suppose a lot of people will, will debate that that is innovation. Mm-hmm. If you were looking at growing an, a business online, you it, it doesn't matter of the circumstances around mm-hmm. it. But I think creating a lot of that hype mm-hmm. is putting more fear into people. So right. the biggest thing that that I can encourage small business owners, any business owner, is to remain calm mm-hmm. And not to bring that energy into the environment, especially in the workplace, because if you're on the top of the ladder and you're freaking out, Mm -hmm. you can only imagine what people in that environment are going to start thinking, especially with a lot of the cuts that are being made Mm -hmm. in, in workspaces. I think everyone is going to go into a state of questioning life like mm-hmm. what does this mean for us like yeah. is there going to be an end is it going to be now are we going to mm-hmm. be in lockdown just take every day as it comes yeah. and just continue to do what you do yeah. because having that calmness in the community mm-hmm. and being supportive mm-hmm. is what I think will hold us together and what is going to make a difference. Yeah, I agree. I think that's really, really smart and amazing advice. So thank you for sharing that. Um, Just conscious of time. So one of my favorite questions and my last question today actually for you, you mentioned success a few times. So I would love to know now, what does success look like to you today? Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) I think success for people continuously changes Mm -hmm. as we evolve and grow Mm -hmm. as individuals um you know as I I, you know obviously earlier I said success for me was being um in a corporate role and you know sort of dominating my -hmm. industry you know tick got the Mm -hmm. (laughs) t-shirt moved on from that success for me is definitely being uh being a leader because mm-hmm. I remember when I found my voice to be a leader and how empowering that was for me as an individual and how that has helped me along the way with communication, you know, in that sort of mindfulness space, is continuously being true to yourself mm-hmm. is success for me. Mm-hmm. 
and wow. and growing mm-hmm. and allowing yourself to grow mm-hmm. without feeling as though you need to justify. Love that. There is elements, of course, being successful people, there are elements of financial freedom and mm. being able to work for you where you wanted to work. Mm. Those for me actually change. Mm. There was once upon a time where I was like, I'm going to be a digital nomad. I'm going to travel mm. the world. And then I was like, actually, if I had an office and environment that supported um, a business model that I that I absolutely loved and that could have been back into debt collection, that was giving back to the local community and was having an amazing positive social impact on other individuals' communities um, through collaborations and through financial contribution, mm. and I was employing people, that would also make me happy. Mm. Having a farm and I could live off the grid, that would also make me happy. Mm. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, I think continuously just being mm. true to yourself yeah. is success for me. Yeah. Amazing. The moment that I start taking on board other people's ideologies of, mm. of success and having the boat and having the perfect mm. house, mm. it actually means nothing. And I think especially mm. with what's going on in our current circumstance now, I think mm. those people that have always strived for success mm. to be in in a fancy position mm-hmm. are probably now questioning, yeah. like, does this actually matter? Yeah, <laughs> and does it matter? Yeah. Because is this yeah. is is their community supporting them? Because yeah. a lot of those individuals don't spend a lot of time mm. giving back to their communities, which mm-hmm. means that they're not acknowledged. Yeah. So in times of strife, if you can turn to your community and they're there supporting you because mm-hmm. you've been a genuine yeah. good human being yeah. and getting on with it and having, you know, building a business for financial freedom to have amazing experiences. Mm. That's also cool. Yeah. But also realize that our driving force as human beings, my biggest belief is to have purpose. Agreed. Amazing. We'll leave it there. I could talk to you all day. Candice, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. You are a (laughs) wonderful, wonderful woman and amazing human being. So many amazing messages. And um, I look forward to, I'm sure, working with you again soon. And finally, where can people find you? Um, So we are as Karma Collab Hub across all social media platforms. Mm -hmm. And through the platforms you will be led on a little bit of a rabbit chase for um, to find me and all the amazing projects that I will be working on. I look forward to seeing them all. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the Mind to Lead podcast. I really hope you got some great takeaways and key learnings from this episode. To help us spread the message, please give us a rating and leave us a review. We love reading your thoughts and your insights and your learnings. And look, reach out to me. Reach out to me on LinkedIn. I'm Georgie Hubbard. Reach out to me on Instagram. I'm Georgie L. Hubbard. Let's connect. I hope you have an incredible day and I look forward to speaking to you all again soon. Mm-hmm.